Hello, fortune seekers. We went, we saw, we unplugged. Pax unplugged, that is. Now it's time for a debriefing. From wild booths to wild bills, we will lay out our weekend of fun and games. That and so much more on this episode of the Megamoth Studios Super Secret Podcast. Shh, 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 shh. No talking in the game library. Welcome back. I'm your host, recent inductee into the cult of Drew, Joel Watts. And as always, I'm joined by... Danny. I am also back. And uh, surprised you didn't introduce yourself as an edgelord, but I'm okay with that. Mm, yes. Well, uh, I don't want to steal edgelord valor. And, uh, you know, I'm not as up to date on my edgelord atheism. Valor? valor? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, post Like being a, a commenter. You know, just like raining on everybody's parade in the comments. Yeah, that's hard work. You really have to work hard to make everybody's life a little bit more miserable with, you know, pointing out how nothing is magical and everything sucks. And that's well, you make it look so effortless. Valor. Let's get started with a question of the week. And Danny, I have, mm-hmm. a, I have one for you this week. You know, one that uh, sure is very important. In fact, let me go grab a quick prop. I'll be right back. Oh, great. A prop break. Ooh, that's a Wild Bills mug. Wild Bills. I'm not sure exactly what their involvement is, but uh, yeah, already. One one conference, and look at the scuffs it's already gotten. We wore this on the back of our backpack, so hung hung them off, so I think we got some battle damage. But you know what? That's what these mugs are made for, to have history, to tell a story. Um, But we got our Wild Bill mugs. We tasted the Wild Bills. Danny, what was your favorite flavor of Wild Bill soda? So let's see, which ones did I try? I tried wild cherry. Mm-hmm. I try, or is it black cherry? I think it the was cherry black flavor. cherry. I think it was black. Black cherry. Yeah. And then I tried the ginger ale and I tried the vanilla cream. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only one I went back for was the vanilla cream because that was my favorite. I love cream soda. This was a very good one. No knock against the cherry. No knock against the ginger ale. Um, and there were a few other flavors that I would have liked to try if I was willing to brave those lines a little bit more Mm -hmm. often, but we barely had any time and it always seemed like it was uh, borderline irresponsible given how tight our schedule was to spend 15 minutes waiting for, for a refill on the soda. Um, but, uh, boy, was it delicious for sure. Very delicious. And the lines are there for good reason. It is, it is more often than not worth waiting those like, you know, five to 10 minute lines in order to get a taste of that Wild Bill soda. Um, But I would say, so you went with vanilla cream, great flavor. I got to try that one. I also tried the black cherry, but my favorite flavor that I got that I found right at the end was strawberry cream. That was delicious. What was that like? I just lived up to the name. It tastes like a creamy strawberry delight. You know, (laughs) which is something that I usually go for my smoothies as well. So not nearly as healthy, I'm sure, good for me as my smoothies. But you know what? When you're walking that much on the convention floor, I'm not usually a soda person. I, I, I worry about excess sugar. Uh, so I try mm-hmm. to avoid like sugary sodas and even diet yep. sodas or, you know, the new Coke Zero style sodas aren't, uh, you know, I try to keep those at bay. But when you're walking mm. the convention floor the way that we were, you run, you're going to need it. You're it just those calories burn off instantly. They basically hit your stomach and just instantly evaporate. 
So, oh yeah, so for sure. Like I felt like mm-hmm. during that whole entire time, I was like, oh, I don't really want to drink a, a full calorie soda right now. But at the same time, we're not eating lunch today, so I need something to keep me going. Yeah, exactly. And like you know, uh, I know we're both Apple Watch wearers. I know, like I think day one, without even trying, I hit my exercise ring, I hit my calorie ring, everything. Uh, so yeah, if you're going to the convention. You know, unless you're like, if you're planning on seeing everything there is to see, expect it to be like a day of working out and try to bring some snacks. Absolutely. It was, it was a, a giant, uh, convention and filled wall to wall with things to do, people to see. Uh, mm-hmm. I was quite frankly overwhelmed by the amount of things that there were to experience. And I, I, I feel like even though we were there from, Opening to closing Friday and Saturday and up until we had to catch our plane at 3.30 in the afternoon on Sunday, I feel like we mm-hmm. got to see only a fraction of what we wanted to. Um, yeah. I could have easily spent another two full days there and I'm still not sure we would have got everything we wanted done. Oh, um, yeah. There were so many booths that crazy. we walked past that I would really have loved to stop and interviewed the folks, but you know, you're just having to choose your spots, you know, interview, interviewing the game makers was really great. In fact, maybe Danny, we should start this out by like kind of laying out what we did, uh, what Mega Ball Studios did Friday and Saturday and Sunday. So why don't we just start with Friday and kind of work our way through the weekend? Okay. But before we do that, just one more thing yeah. I want to say, because oh, yeah. we missed something on yes. our what to pack for packs list, which Ooh. had I known from experience, I would have added to that list and will absolutely include on all lists going forward, you may want to consider bringing your own toilet paper because it is not a guarantee that you are going to find any toilet paper while you're at the convention because that stuff flies off the roll. Yeah. Those convention workers can only, (laughs) they can only keep up so much and they're dealing with, I mean, it was estimated what? We were talking like thirty to 40,000 people easily roaming the convention hall. That was the estimate four. I heard was over 30,000. And that was before we got there. I think that was based on past attendance numbers. And based on uh-huh. the conversations that we had there, it seems like this one may have even been busier than past years. I yeah. mean, it definitely felt like it was full to the gills. Even Sunday where things had maybe slightly, uh, you know, kind of... Uh, you know, leveled off, still just full of people. You wouldn't feel like you were at an under-attended event, you know. Had I not been there Friday and Saturday and just showed up Sunday, I would assume it was that busy the whole weekend and it somehow was busier on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was the amount of people there with the three-day passes, the you know, the amount of exhibitors, you know, um, the amount of content creators just all out there. I mean, we often were looking for... Um, and we'll get into this when we talk about what we did Saturday, but you know, a few times we had to go to the free play area to try to uh, demo somebody's game and finding a spot at tables that are like, like th- these tables just go on forever. You think you could sit like easily 24 people and there's dozens upon dozens. I mean, nearly hundreds of these tables. And yet you still have to fight for your spots to sit, especially if you need to sit like four people next to each other. Oh, 100%. I mean, there was, I mean, there was well over a thousand seats available, I would say. I mean, Mm because like you said, like you could probably get at least 24 people per per long table, maybe more. Um, Mm -hmm. And 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if there were three thousand seats available, and finding yeah. an open seat was uh, was a challenge. And this was just in the free play zone. That doesn't count. Uh, there was the TCG, um, like I guess tournament zone, which also was mm -hmm. just you know just packed full of tables, and that was just constantly going. I don't think we really spent much time around there, but based on the schedule, it was a constant like one tournament after another after another we're not talking about the uh eating zone you know the places where people could sit down and eat like the circular tables uh and we're not even and that's not even counting the the exhibit exhibitor area where people were selling games at booths i mean that just uh yeah it I was the sea of here's, people but go ahead yeah yeah here's here's a good example to illustrate what it was like we set up on day two at a table and mm -hmm. we were there, we were getting ready to go. Um, we had been there for hours. And uh, a gentleman uh, comes up to us and he's got a couple of people with him and they're sitting on the floor against the wall. And they're like, hey, are you guys getting up? Because if so, we would really like this table space. And we're like, sure, no problem. We'll, we'll pack up and you can have it. In the time that we packed up, so like in the two to three minutes it took us to pack up so that these people could take the table, two other groups asked us for the space. <laughs> they, so, were, they were... I'm, like hawking us or what was that term you know they were like vultures like, yeah, like, circling. like vultures uh -huh. yeah i hadn't even realized and we did take up a, a good amount of space but we definitely utilized that so let, what maybe we should talk about saturday morning which is the big x or shouldn't even say saturday morning saturday throughout the day was our big x seekers of fortune play test game day where we uh, found table the free space early set up and you know, sort of like invited people over. We had some scheduled play test. And people who wandered by, we would ask them if they wanted to play test. But also, not only our game, but we also were able to play test two or three other games in our zone. And the friends that we made along the way really appreciated that we had sort of staked a claim of this like table space, so that they could you know could easily get in and sit and pull out their game and show it off which I think was, you know, so pro tip, if you're in the game, if you're a game designer and you're, you know, looking to meet some new people and play multiple games, arrive early, stake a claim at a table and, you know, kind of like, you know, literally, you know, hold it down. Yeah, absolutely. We probably got a space for maybe 10 people um, and we had set up our game there. Um, and then that space filled up with all of our, our friends and acquaintances. Um, and we just sat there and played games for hours. Um, and whoever needed this space for their for their play test, they were able to to have at it. And that was one of the my favorite things about this weekend. We got to play a number of very cool games. We got to play Marsh Hollow by Kervin, Kaliza. Mm -hmm. uh, four white, yeah, have, four white games. Mm -hmm. We got to try Travis Kurth's uh, Pantheum. Is that correct? His new mm -hmm. uh, game that's also heading towards Kickstarter. Very cool yeah. game, um, sort of based on ancient Greek mythology. Um, mm -hmm. and, and made uh, by a very cool guy, Travis, uh, Trevor, right? Trevor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Trevor, Trevor was, mm -hmm. yeah, Archwood he was just games. a Archwood Games. He was just so fun to have around. I, we had briefly talked to him uh, through our connection with LaunchBoom uh, leading up to the convention. But once we got to meet him, I felt like we were, you know, instant friends. It was uh, just great to have around, very uh, like-minded uh, game designer. And his game, Pantheon, uh, I didn't get to try it myself, but what he pitched to me sounded really exciting. Um, and it has like a mechanic that I, uh, 
that I'm really happy that he's incorporating, which is basically the, oh wait, what's my cat doing? <laughs> but basically uh, in order to create like infinite possibilities of games, his mechanic is that uh, the code names board situation where you get your own personal um, objective of how you need to make the map look. And so based on what you get and what everybody else has, the game is going to be different. So, there's so many variables that can change how the game plays. Uh, I think it's going to be a game that you could put, put many, many uh, plays into. Absolutely. It was, it was, it was great. Um, during my game, I got to play it with uh, Kia from Nomadic Games and, and Bowser, uh, who's uh, a great content creator. Um, and, and they had a great time. And uh, it was right up their alley. I enjoyed it. It was very flavorful. And it's always fun to get to see a game that's in development. Um, also from the, our launch boom cohort uh, was, was Chris uh, and Rose with uh, their new word game, Cubal, I believe it's uh, said, pronounced. Yeah, uh, and that is sort of a cross between Rummy Cube and Scrabble, I think was how how it was described. But I had a lot of fun. Um, it was definitely a game that I was that in Marsh Hollow. I was disappointed I couldn't immediately take home and and just play. Um, Pantheon was was great, but those two games were ones that I knew I could immediately get people in my uh, vicinity to play with me repeatedly at home um, because oh, they were, uh, yeah. I was just going to say Cubal uh, was, I mean, you're a father and I, I was just imagining, you know, that would be a great game to play with your, you know, with your son. You know, it's a word game that can scale in complexity. So if you needed to use it as a, um, you know, a way of teaching him more vocabulary uh, and, and rewarding him for that, you could. But you could scale that game up to like we were saying, like you know, almost calling it like you know, uh, grade school, you know, secondary school, like grad school, you know, kind of that sort of scale. Because you know, depending on how many letters you you have to, what is it, kick off the game by completing the highest letter word that you can. I think it was six in it our playtest. It has play to test. be a minimum of six. Yeah. yeah. But we were. But I was talking to Chris, and I was like, "Well, if you if you want to go higher than that at tournaments, you know, make it seven, eight letter words that people are having to kick off the game with, you know, if they really want to make it a challenge." And the thing I thought about that game was, it felt like Scrabble with for me. It felt like you know a game like Scrabble with all the unnecessary parts wiped away, and it just being straight wordplay word game. You know, it's it's almost like the least. I, I don't want to use the word. I'm trying to think of, I don't want to use the word pretentious. It's not that. It's like the least uh, complicated, the most elegant. I guess I'll just say the most elegant version of a word game I've seen since maybe uh, Bananagrams. Oh, okay. I haven't yeah. played Bananagrams, but I like bananas. Um, <laughs> I think you'd like, if you like bananas, you'd like the uh, packaging. It comes in a little sack that's shaped like a banana and has all the tiles inside. I enjoy a good banana sack. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of sacks, no, I don't think there's a transition there. Uh, we also, Thank like God. you said, we also played Marsh Hollow, uh, which was my second time playing it. I think your second time as well, but it had gone through yeah. some, uh, it, we played it in an earlier play test and it had definitely gone through some revisions, some iterations that I think had honed the game quite a bit. Yep, absolutely. Um, it was very enjoyable. I think that was the consensus with everyone who mm -hmm. played it. Um, we also play tested 
uh, salty scurvy sea dogs from what Alex uh, what a name you gotta love yeah, that name yeah. salty scurvy and the sea art dogs. was super cute yes I really liked it I mean and, and and this is what I told Alex after we played it but I felt like it was similar to X Seekers and Fortune in that you could pick it up extremely quickly but there was so much depth there that was accessible to people who crave more strategic gameplay mm -hmm. but yeah. you did not have to engage with that strategy to play the mm -hmm. game to enjoy the game the good the game really meets you at your level and mm -hmm. that's exactly what i love to see because you want to have a game on yourself that you can pull out and play with your casual friends but also have something that you can pull out and play with your friends that are a little bit more of a shark and know that you're going to have fun with both groups of people even if sort of you know the intensity of gameplay may vary a little bit um, mm -hmm. I really liked it. I felt like it was just that perfect amount of, okay, I can strategize. I can think ahead a couple turns. I can try to mm -hmm. determine what my game plan is. I can determine what my, my opponent's game plan is mm -hmm. and try to foil it. It was, it was great. Um, oh, you definitely did some I foiling, also. Danny. Yeah, I did. I did. I, <laughs> I, I, I definitely did. And I couldn't be happier. Any game really where I can foil Joel repeatedly sounds like uh, an instant classic to me. So Yeah, I, I think um, we learned something because we haven't, this is like our first time like sitting down to play test uh, other folks' games together, like in this scenario. Uh, this is one of our first times doing that. And I've now discovered that, Danny, you were really taking the idea of being my rival to heart. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, I feel like I have a moral obligation uh, to be your your rival. Uh, X Seekers of Fortune, you have to have a main rival, obviously. And, and I would mm -hmm. say Joel is currently my main rival. Yeah, well, so. I can't wait to see how that extends to uh, the next time we get together for Commander or something like that. Um, That's but no, a very you, you, handsome you, shirt you have on, by the way. Oh, yes. We got these. Yeah. What is that? Is that a is that a Mega Moth shirt? That is a Mega Monster. We looks got good. these made for With that Bobon art? Ooh. Yeah, Slobodon. Did our artwork of the logo on this it go looks around? Fantastic! Look at those and M's. It, the M M for Mega Moth. Great texture. Like I like uh, if you look at my profile or avatar picture on uh, social media, it's actually me standing in front of, or, or I, I superimpose myself over like a close up of the logo, and it just like works as a really great background. It just looks like a nice texture and brushstroke behind me. So. It's really great to be able to go to a convention and and like stand next to your uh, stand next to you, Danny, my creative partner, my business partner, and represent our brand. And we had not only this, but we also had the X Seekers of Fortune shirt. If you've seen the the emblem logo, that that's on it. It's black and white as well. We really do enjoy the black and white uh, color palette. It's, it kind of never goes wrong. Um, so I think so, yeah. there was one other game we play tested that I think we should yeah. mention, which was oh, yeah. Kia's game at Nomadic Games, uh, Dynasty, I think it's called. Yes, and, last uh, but not least, Dynasty, which I think was a really special play test. Yeah, certainly. Very special play test for the two of us. Uh, d what yeah. did you think of the game? How would you describe it? So for me, I mean, again, there are, you know, always, you know, a lot of comparisons to make to games. But the way I saw this was it was a combination of of Risk, Civilization, and Magic the Gathering. And I think, you know, I have not personally played Settlers of Catan, which I don't know how that makes the audience feel. But uh, from from your descriptions, there are also Catan elements to it. 
I, I interpreted those more as like civilization elements, but, um, in any case, I found the game to be extremely engaging, very, very, uh, original and, uh, one that I really want to see, um, how it develops because I think it has the, the potential to turn into an all-time classic, um, and just so, 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 uh, uh, really excited to engage with Kia's work there uh, and, and her imagination and her commitment to kind of share a story with the world. I think that, um, frankly, isn't well, well shared. And that's the, you know, the story of African tribal culture in the game. You know, you play as one of six different tribes. Um, real tribes through with real historical real figures. A hundred percent. Um, and so you, you, you might play as the Zulu or Bushman or the Maasai and, um, and, and as you're playing, you know, the, the goal of the game is for you to learn a little bit about it. Um, and I found that to be really exciting. I honestly found myself on Amazon last night looking at different, uh, books of, uh, Africa's history just mm -hmm. because it kind of sparked that interest in me to say, hey, you know, I want to deep, dig, dig a little deeper because really when you think about it, you know, African history, pre-colonial African history, very similar to pre-colonial American history, um, is very, very under, under um, talked about uh, and super fascinating. And you know that there's a, a rich, rich history there um, and how could there not be? I mean, it's the cradle of civilization. I mean, it, maybe civilization started in Mesopotamia, but the species, you know, grew up on the savannas in Africa. And we've been there since as long as there were people, there were people in Africa. So yeah. um, very, very, very interesting mm -hmm. history there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what I love in a game, especially like, you know, a game with good mechanics is you know, that's always a plus and that's always really what I'm here for is like the gameplay. But then when you add that texture and that, that, you know, inventiveness of teaching you something, I think a game should teach you something that you can take into the real world, whether it be history in this situation, um, or, you know, like planning tactics, things like that, or possibly like with all the, a lot of these cooking games, or games about like, you know, kind of the service industry, food and beverage. You know, if, if you walk away from a game and you understand exactly how to make an old fashioned, that's a benefit. And I think this game has a wealth of unexplored territory. Or I'm not, I shouldn't say unexplored might be underutilized, underrepresented territory uh, with the African uh, theme, the African history. I was really excited about that. It also felt like it was going to be playing really well. This was a very early prototype though. So we were still, you know, you know, managing uh, like, uh, there were pieces like very much like Catan where you get, you know, your resources in, in like little wooden pieces. And we were just having to, you know, be like, okay, uh, do we have enough, you know, of the, uh, like the stone or the wood, you know, to go around because, you know, it's just very early on, but those are like, those are the early questions that you want to get answered, especially as you're looking forward to manufacturing. And I think she has a lot of opportunities to manufacture a great product and she already has invested in art. Uh, her art looks wonderful, and I think as long as she's carrying that forward, no matter how it's presented, no matter how it's packaged, that art is going to be the core of this game, and it's already looking sharp. It's already looking great. So it's only it's only up from here for Kia. There's there's another playtest I, I just remembered that we did. Oh, Why yeah? don't you tell us a little bit about Seppi's Conquest Princess? Yes, yeah, Seppi. Oh, man. 
talk about, okay, so all these other play tests we did, we did in the free play zone. We did like, you know, with people all around us and just like having to like lean over and be like, huh, what was that? Because of the multi the masses of people and noise. Seppi though, Seppi was set up right. He was in a he was in a booth, but in a secret booth, like with curtain and everything. So that was just wonderful. Shout out being to Card Titan. It was almost like uh, it was like the first one of the first things we did on Friday, I believe. Right. So it was almost like spoiling us. We didn't realize how good we had it because we hadn't gone through the other woes of like finding table space and having to, you know, deal with the noise and the people and the traffic. So we get we uh, pearls before swine, if you will. We walk into the booth and it is so well set up in there. And Seppi. I mean, he might as we might as well call him senpai because we need to learn how to demo a game the way Seppi demos a game. It was so exciting. The narrative that he built throughout the playtest was so engaging, kept me in. I felt like it felt like I was role playing at a certain point. He was painting the picture so well that I was becoming my character. And I don't think you always get that in board games, uh, you know, where you actually feel like you're taking on the, your characteristics. Um, and it was uh, so it's a called what is it called conquest princess conquest princess yeah it's like a science fiction saturday morning cartoon style game i think like if you were a fan of powerpuff girls there's probably a lot of overlap uh with the feel but your um princesses on a spaceship the tiara uh, don't ask me what that's an acronym for i forgot <laughs> uh, yeah. it was the important part it's was the acronym it's spelled out tiara mm -hmm. yes is 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 extremely campy game and mm -hmm. in the best yes. possible way. Mm -hmm. um, question for you, Joel. Yeah. Fashion is. Fashion is power. Fashion is power. Fashion <laughs> is power. Fashion yeah. is power. Yeah, and it's like you're having to defend uh, your spaceship from in an invading force uh, of you know like being boarded by pirates whilst you're also defending a world that is being set upon and almost, I think he even described it as uh, space invaders. Like, you know, these invading forces getting closer to a planet. So you're kind of having to both fight a battle on the ship as well as fight a battle out in space. And I think that they did a, such a good job of making you feel like you're fighting on both sides of the forces. And this was just the demo. He described it. What did he say? The catam... He used the... The Star Trek uh, test that, you know, nobody was supposed to be able to pass. Um, he used mm -hmm. that name, but he had switched it up a little bit because basically it was the impossible to fail, uh, you know, demonstration, which was, you know, it's wonderful um, to, you know, have an impossible fail demonstration. But it also just shows this game has so much more to offer. If that was just the demo, that was just like the lowest, like we're not using all the mechanics, we're not using, we're not having to strategize and think how can I best utilize my turn? And there was even a magical transformation. And I'm hoping that you can see that soon. Uh, we were playing with Drew from uh, What's Games and he mm -hmm. got well, to be the to one boredom. to, Welcome to Boredom, yes. And he got to be the one to magically trans, uh, transform. And we got a video of him explaining how miraculous his transformation was. It's a game that if you are like us and you like to add spice to your gameplay experience, there's a lot of room and a lot of opportunity to add that spice. So we talked a lot about our playtesting, which obviously we should, because that was a big part of what we were there to do. Uh -huh. um, demoing Executors of Fortune, which we can talk more about in a minute. 
But the other big piece of, of being there was we were there on a content creator uh, media badge. And yes. so, Joel, why don't you tell them a little bit about what it was like for us as content creators to be there? What, what that looked like, what we were doing? That is a great question uh, because there was a lot that goes into it. I'll say this. When you have that media badge on and you're there knowing that you need to make content, it really breaks the ice for you mentally to be able to just jump in and engage with people. You know, you're kind of, I guess the way that we took, I took it was we walked the floor when we, we would go into content creation mode, you would get your gimbal out with, uh, and we would put on microphones for the iPhone. Uh, I even had a, my mirrorless camera that I would get footage with. Um, I, I love that thing, by the way, be on the lookout. I'm hoping Danny picks a couple clips for B-roll out of there because it's like just beautiful footage, great shallow depth of field. Um, but we would kind of wander the floor and if either, if we saw something that interested us and we stopped for just long enough for the person to talk to us, we would then be like, well, hey, do you have time to do an interview or tell us about your game experience here? If they, or if they jumped out and tried to engage with us. You know, and it was just kind of like going, walking on the floor, seeing so many cool things and knowing we couldn't hit them all. We basically would, you know, find a booth that we, we were interested in, talk to the person, get them mic'd up, and then we would just do an impromptu interview. And these people are ready to go. They've been pitching their game all weekend. They're either, they either had, were warmed up or well-seasoned in their pitches. And all I had to do was, you know, stand next to them and be like, hey, so who are you? Tell us about your game. And they would just go, very, I had to do very little lifting on most of the time. They were just ready and willing to give us an interview, sell us their game. And yeah, it was wonderful. We, we really love highlighting that, that, that experience, you know, much like we're going to be here in the near future and what we are already doing and selling X secrets of fortune to people. It's just wonderful to, you know, capture those, uh, video interviews, capture those teaches those cells and being able to put them out for them to hopefully Hopefully they like what the way they came across and they'll use them on their own channels. hundred percent. It was very cool. And I, I think you're right. Uh, it almost feels like a responsibility when you're given a media badge to get out there and talk to people, to cover the event. You're there ostensibly to help PAX promote the event to other people, be they, you know, attendees, be they exhibitors. Uh, and so we took that responsibility very seriously and, made sure that we went through and produced some high quality content and we are trickling that out on our TikTok uh, and Instagram and YouTube account. So uh, if you want to get a sense of what was what it was like on the expo floor, check out our uh, check us out on on TikTok at Megamoth Studios or on Instagram at uh, X underscore seekers underscore of underscore fortune um, or YouTube at Megamoth Studios as well where yeah. you may be watching this podcast already. And maybe, um, uh, wait, wait, let me see if I can do this right. Check us out at one of these places. <laughs> I was referring, if you're, if you're audio only, I'm referring to the banner that we have around us on the YouTube that has all of the names. So if you're audio only, go check out our YouTube so you can see all the places to follow us on social media. I think it's, I think it's on your other side though. You think it's, okay, let me give Will just... the option. Or... There we go. I, I think we're covered <laughs> either way. I'm definitely, that's definitely great. covered that's, at this point. You know, it's great audio right there of me just to silently um, gesturing to, you know, a graphic that's off screen. Um, no, it was, I think going there as media creators, and that's like the thing I'm 
almost dreading in some ways when we go with X Seekers of Fortune and we have a booth, we're probably, it's probably going to eat into our ability to be out there as media. And I really enjoy being out there as media, being able to roam the floor, uh, go, you know, just take a sampling of everything. So I'm, I'm definitely wanting to find a way for us to be able to hold on to doing that, but also cherish the, the time that we have right now where we can do that. And we're not just, you know, basically locked, chained up to our own booth when X Seekers of Fortune yeah. arrives. I mean, it may be a situation where we're, we're working the booth. Maybe we have some people there to help us and we're stepping away to do like a live podcast or something like that, if that's an option in the future. Um, what booth was your favorite booth that we visited? Oh, I don't like even to... if we didn't visit it, but, but that you that you saw, like well, from purely but... from like uh, eye candy standpoint, not necessarily oh. from a game or personality standpoint. I think you'll. I mean, if we're talking like eye candy standpoint, I think you know what my answer is going to be. And the booth I'm most inspired by for us making our own X Secrets of Fortune booth. And this is maybe this isn't minimum viable product. This is probably like us like year three or four building up to this. But the fire, it's a fire watch. Their fire booth. Tower. Fire Tower. So I always I get confused because there's a game called Firewatch that has a very similar theme. It's you know about people uh, looking out for fires in the forests of the Pacific Northwest. And, um, and you you, you yeah. always have had an affinity for arson, right? So I mean, this would a little be bit. Yeah, I definitely went. Know. I definitely went through a phase where I just liked lighting matches to watch them burn. You know that sort of thing. Okay. I might have you know might have had to put put out a few fires in my time. Um, but this was, their booth was amazing. Uh, they used a really like kind of used black to sort of darken everything, you know, the way that you would on a film set, you put black up and that kind of sucks up all the light. So then they were able to put out all these, uh, what, what are they called? Like, uh, I think they're technically lanterns, you know, paper lanterns, uh, all up in their, you know, in the faux roof that they created for their booth. And so it just had a very eye catching, it, you know, it stood out because it was almost created a dark void with points of light. And I think they were very wise in how they handled that. And I know that I want to be able to control our space just as much as they controlled theirs. Uh, I think it'll bring for in me, a lot of people. For me, I, I went a different route. It wasn't so much the, uh, the theatrics of the, the booth setup, although I do agree with you, Fire Tower looked amazing. I was drawn in the most, I think, by by Sleeping Giant Games' uh, House of Hamill. Uh, the black and white line art for that was was so inspiring. I'm I'm not a TTRPG player as of yet, um, so generally speaking, it would take a lot for me to get pulled into a, a 5e uh, booth. Um, but the art was so phenomenal, the product so unique uh, that I was really just mesmerized by their product. Um, and I spent a lot of time staring at it and, uh, I'm very, very, very keen to try to find a way to work with, uh, with that artist, uh, on, mm -hmm. uh, some of our, our future projects. I so, was, uh, if I remember correctly, the artist was the daughter of the person who created the, you know, the world and the lore uh, who created like all correct. the game components. The, her art was amazing. Very striking. One of the things, I mean, if you're uh, listening to this now, this video is already posted on, uh, Denny's on our TikTok on the Mega Moth Studios TikTok, so you can go and check it out. One of the things that I thought was like, oh, I never thought about it like that, is they use these wonderful decal uh, magnet 
um, you know, decal magnets in order to stick the, um, for the tokens that would be like the monster on the map. And, you know, often we use miniatures in TTRPGs. It's often miniatures that you put down. But one of the things I realized was miniatures are great when you can pick them up and examine them from all different angles. That's wonderful. But sometimes when they're on the map and you're sitting, you know, five feet, you know, looking down at it, it's just a mess of, you know, it just sort of like flattens out and sort of a mess of details. This system with that black and white line art really made it to where when you're standing, when you're sitting down and playing, you can still see just the threat that is the large skeleton looming over you or the dragon that's, you know, flying towards your party. Uh, it really reads very well at a distance. And I think that that creates for, in my opinion, I think that is the product. That is their killer product. They should be selling that uh, even even if you're not buying the full set, which it was a luxury, uh, we would say like a premium luxurious product for like seasoned, you know, TTRPG players uh, who really want to invest in the TTRPG. Even if you don't buy the whole set, I think they should sell those decal magnetized uh, creature tokens to uh, you know to the public because that was something I think you could that would really spice up any Dungeons and Dragons campaign. I'm probably going to say your name wrong, but I think the illustrator here is named Bryn Hage. Um, and if you want to see the art that we're talking about, I highly recommend going to www.sleepinggiantgaming.com. Again, that's www.sleepinggiantgaming.com, and I believe they are also on Instagram at sleeping giant gaming. So all one word, sleeping giant gaming, very visual and a feast for the eyes. Highly recommend checking them out. Um, they were some of my favorite products that we saw available um, that I learned about there. Ever dreamed of embarking on legendary quest, unlocking hidden secrets and discovering untold riches? Dive into the world of X Seekers of Fortune it's the game that's soon to be taking the internet by storm. Sign up today at xseekersoffortune.com and start your journey to greatness. Remember, fortune favors the bold. See you there. Anything else that you wanted to say before we we uh, wrap up our, our discussion? I know that we barely scratched the surface here. Yeah, I think the lot. Okay, uh, I think there's two more things I want to try to get into. But the first one that's most important is I want to also call a uh, shout out to was it Claromancy? Claromancy, yes, our friends. At Claromancy. Claromancy, they were they had another wonderful booth. Great props, great great presence, and their game is so clever to be selling at a convention because it's essentially the game for the convention for a convention because it's a game that you wear around your neck on a lanyard it's basically like a i would guess you would say maybe a deck building combat game but you wear pendants on 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 a, on a like a necklace huh mm -hmm. yep. yeah yeah on, on a necklace yeah on your lanyard and it gives you access you know it gives you characters that you can fight somebody else wearing the same uh you know their own version of the game so it's like you're walking around with a magic deck, but you don't have to sit down. You don't have to take up table space. You just have it right there, ready to go. Definitely check them out. And they were, they were very wonderful to us. They became quick friends. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing them at the next convention, and ho hopefully before then. They were all wonderful. It was uh, I know it was Dennis, uh, Kuali, uh, Tim was helping oh. out the booth as well. Wait, did I say it right? <laughs> Not Kuali, no. Koala. Was a koala. I know he's from down uh, the outback. Maybe I got it mixed up. Kalani. 
Kalani. Kalani, there you go. <laughs> Kalani. I'm sure he gets it all the time. <laughs> just shoot, just shoehorning a koala bear in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're, well, like, you're from Australia. Your name's probably Kalani. <laughs> Kalani, Kalani, I'm so sorry, brother. Uh, but uh, yeah. trust me, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, he he, he called Tre- Trevor Travis earlier in the episode. and Yeah, we, we I think I called there. Chris Ben to his face while we were <laughs> while we were about to demo X Seekers of Fortune to him. Uh, so, yeah, yeah it's it, the names, the amount of names that you get just jumbles so quickly in your head. Like we we rev, we definitely have to upgrade our, or level up our name uh, retention game, because yeah. the last thing I want to call out. Uh, is all the wonderful opportunities we have to meet new people, especially through our connections with um, the wonderful service that is LaunchBoom. LaunchBoom is amazing. I just want to say that first and foremost. And they had a get-together, a, a post-convention um, dinner and drinks, open bar. Uh, definitely always appreciated at weddings and conventions. And uh, we just got to meet all these folks who had also signed up for the Launch Boom program and get to, you know, get to know them. And these are folks who are game design. A lot of them are game designers or they have like a uh, like um, what would you say? Things for games, you know, like so I think one of them was trying to sell a, a dice, a, a dice box for your Dungeons and Dragons dice that was like looked like a donut and really was a no. tasty looking donut. Dodeca Donut. Um, Donut. Th- they are pre-Kickstarter, but I do believe they are for sale. So look up Dodeca Donut on TikTok. I'm not going to endeavor uh-huh. to spell that. But, no. Uh, you'll, you'll find it. I'm you sure. can find them on our, 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 uh, uh, the list of uh, accounts we're following on TikTok um, or the list of accounts following us. They should be cool. both places. Yeah, but basically, you know, one thing that we we definitely, you know, we sometimes missed our lunch, but with these uh, post-convention events each night, we definitely got our dinner. That is true. Lots and lots of uh, scrumptious food um, served. So, yeah, shout out to to our friends at uh, Launch Booms, in particular, Maria and Spencer, for taking the time. Um and um, also uh, to Nicole at Kickstarter for inviting us to that fabulous pizza party on Saturday night and for playtesting X Seekers of Fortune. Uh, that meant a lot. And then, I mean, we could go on and on with a list of people that we probably should be shouting out here um, and, and, and just saying, hey, how much we, we enjoyed uh, having you uh, around and hanging out and getting to know you this weekend. We got to meet John at Terrible Games face to face for the first time. We got to meet Ben from Apex. Yeah, John, previous previous guests on the podcast. John was there. The Terrible Games booth was awesome. They have Token Terrors and I'm going to say it wrong again. Probably Valakai. Val- Valka. Valka. Why do I? Anyways, Valka, and the that was that was a really good booth set up as well. He had it. The game's basically out and ready to be te- to be shown off. Um, and John was. Uh, you know, really fast to pick up X Seekers of Fortune as well. I think his Magic the Gathering background, as we always say, Magic the Gathering players just take to X so quickly. And uh, he got a play test of it in with Ben late one night. We went so late one night, uh, the first night, that um, the security guards actually had to come by and ask us to leave the building because they were well past closed. And they, they came up like, you know, like, 
we were probably there 45 minutes after the building had closed and we had tucked ourselves so tightly away that they were like surprised to see us. Yeah. And I will never forgive them for disrupting my first ever token tears match because I was super into it. I was playing against Ben from Affect, and, uh, we did not get a chance to, uh, to finish it, but it was, it was fantastic. We also got to see Sam Orangerful, and that was fantastic. We got to enjoy some wild bills with her, got to meet Gabe from, uh, games with Gabe. Um, we got to meet mm -hmm. Drew from welcome to boredom and Watts gaming. We got to meet, uh, Sarah from true joy and her husband, Jeremy. Um, so many, board gaming so mama. many board gaming mama, Heather, uh, who just passed 30,000 30, followers Congratulations, on Heather. Uh, TikTok. Congratulations, Heather. That's a big milestone. Um, we met Kia for the first time. We met Alex we, from from uh, Salty Scurvy Sea Dogs, his wife, Ellie. Just so many people. Um, I, I can't mm -hmm. even begin to, to list them all. Um, yeah. And uh, super grateful to all of them. Josh. Mm -hmm. um, I think, uh, I think you're going for it. You're going for the whole list. I, I think you did a hundred percent run right there. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, but, uh, that was, mm. that was close to it. And, um, super, super grateful to, to all of them. Um, yeah. All those people that we met Danny, and that's why if you're a game designer, if you're a game maker, you want to make uh, to to play games, you want to design games, and you want people to play your games. That's why you go to these conventions. And I don't think Pax Pax unplugs needs me to plug them any more than they already are. In fact, if anything, they might be starting to turn people away in the next few years with how uh, how dense the uh, attendance is. But if you're watching this podcast because you're into game design, you have to go to these conventions one there's plenty around the country uh plenty of timing of the times of the year but this is obviously where the magic happens and it was a, quite a magical experience for me breaking news fortune seekers x seekers of fortune now has its pre-launch page live on kickstarter click the link in the description below so you can be one of the first people to support x seekers of fortune also, there's probably going to be some bonuses if you support within the first 24 hours. So be on the lookout for those announcements coming soon. Thank you so much, Fortune Seekers. Please support the game. Support the show by liking this episode and subscribing to our podcast. And you know what? Support each other. Back to the show. Well, that was our conversation about what we did at PAX Unplugged, Danny and I. Uh, but, you know, definitely be expecting to hear more about our journey out there. Um, and as always, if you want to follow us, uh, the best way to do that is at TikTok, Megamoth Studios, or you can follow us here on YouTube. Just hit that subscribe button and ring that dang bell so you can get your pod, <laughs> so that you can get this podcast when it is hot and fresh right out of the oven. Um, but with that, all I have left to say is you must start somewhere. So why not here? Thank you all so much for watching. Bye. Clearly, I'm not getting this week, so. Oh. <laughs> the music by James Holden, produced and edited by William Wymore. Name pronunciations by Joel A. Watts. Or should I say, Jaul Al-Wate.